There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Lauren. She was sexually assaulted. Let's talk about it. Well, hey, Lauren. We got our beers. We got our guest. We're all ready to go. We're ready to rock and roll. Super time to roll. Hey, Lauren. Hi. How you doing? So I need to go closer. Yeah, uh, well, that close. That's good. That's perfect. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Just let it just sit right there. <laughs> it's weird. To, it's, it's weird to hear your own voice. I hate my voice. You know, you have a good uh, radio voice. Yeah, a you good do have a good radio voice. voice. Oh, I hate it. So smooth. Much. No, it's smooth. Smooth as eggs. You know, what's funny is that the more that you do that, you speak into a microphone and or hear yourself in headphones or like watch a vid- like video of yourself. The the more the two start the more to sound addicted the same. to it you get and you just want to keep listening to yourself. You the do, funny, yeah, the it's funny a, thing it's that, a tool to create narcissism. <laughs> That's really what we're trying to do. We're the funny thing to, that I realized though is like I I don't like I didn't like my voice, but now I'm like, well, fuck, I can't choose my voice. I couldn't pick that I had this voice. So no, and, why would you ever dislike something about yourself and, that you have? And no the more that you do it? this, I would dislike my voice if it sounded like my, my impression of Ira Glass. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. Uh, but the more you to, do welcome this, welcome to Sick Play Podcast uh, from WYBEZ Chicago. Uh, Sick Play Podcast. A terrible, terrible impression. If that was my voice, I'd hate it. Welcome to Finding Your Voice, <laughs> okay, <laughs> a new podcast from Snack Media, well, but it's not uh, and. <laughs> And, uh, but what is today's podcast about? Well, it's it's uh, it's a bit of a touchy subject. I think a bit of a a bit of a. I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like um, today's recording with Lauren is going to be one of, of which I I feel like I will um, inherently want to walk on eggshells. Lauren, what are we here to talk about? Uh, sexual assault. Oh snap! Uh, sexual assault, and which is which is something that is not easy to talk about, and um, and what is this podcast all about? Well, it's about to, it's about you can talking you know. openly about the things that are really tough to talk about, and we've covered on this podcast everything from um, you know death, terminal cancer, uh, severe mental illness, and so we're going to take a crack at. Sexual assault, uh, and Lauren, do you call yourself a sexual assault survivor? Is that a is that or is that like a bit grandiose? I I don't personally, but I don't. I know that's the term, right? But I don't generally. That, use, so that is the term. I guess yeah, that was yeah. my question. Was yeah, most is that people what most say people, like victim? But sure, like, right. Don't use victim. Don't <laughs> don't use victim. <laughs> no, okay. that's what I was going to ask. We're not victim. Give us right. yeah. Give us the lowdown. What's the what is the when when people are talking about this sort of thing. What are the do's and don'ts? So some people use survivor. Some people don't. Most people stray very far away from victim. Yeah, because people don't want to be victimized, right? Like we've been victimized, but we're not victims is what most people would say. Like, mm-hmm. There was a moment in your life that you were a victim, I guess, but you're not. That doesn't stay with yeah. you. I yeah, think right. you survived that and you went beyond that it's Mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of like we talk about when we talk to people who have illnesses we we generally end up discovering that they are not defined by their illness jeremy is not cf all of our other past guests are not their diseases so why would somebody be defined as the result of an event that happened that may have only lasted a short amount of time right Mm. yeah good point um, well, thanks, because I'm sure. Thanks. Oh, well, well, and maybe to like because, or to play like devil's advocate to that is because when something significant happens in your life, you could definitely. I can see how it would be, it would be, uh, or it could be easy to fall into letting it define you. You know what I mean? Mm. Like falling into a cycle of going, well, something bad happened to me. Whether you know, like, all on the spectrum of all bad things that can happen yeah. in your life. 
that then start to shape the way you think and like the those way feelings of shame and like blame and whatever comes with that. Um, so I, I, I feel like maybe we should get this out of the way. How long has it been since, uh, since the, the incident? Um, a little over six years, December of 2010. So six and a half years. And how do you feel about coming into a studio and talking to the three of us about this? Uh, super nervous. Yeah, yeah I can, <laughs> can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. I, and I, I can tell a little bit. And it is, is that nervous <laughs> feeling, is it, um, are you nervous about talking about the, the event and, and, and everything that comes along with that? Or are you nervous just because we're talking on microphones? Honestly, probably more the second right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kind of awkward. Um, but no, I'm also a little bit nervous of like potential backlash, I guess. What so what would be the backlash? Yeah. Like what what are what's the what's the deal with that? Um, I don't know specifically. Like I just know like in the past the kinds of things people have said to me and people are horrible. Now this is probably the thing that I'm that I have thought about most about like leading up to this conversation is that because and again, you know, in the whole complex of where we are right now, like the current climate of North America, let's say, in terms of like sexual assault, how it's portrayed in the media, um, all the all the, the countless amounts of of uh, uh, situations that you can point to that say that this is how, you know, the society at large views sexual assault and uh, sexual assault survivors. Um, and that there's like a – that – when you say the backlash, I, I, I'm thinking, what backlash? I mean, you're here to share a story about something that shouldn't, that had no place in your life. Do you mean backlash against you? I guess that's the, the simple question. Um, a little bit. I, th- I just think that, I don't know how people are going to like react to me being so open about it. Mm, because people really right. want you to shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And who, who, is, who is that in your, in, when you say that? Who is, who is the people that want that? By name and by address. <laughs> where I mean, do they live? I mean like the type Doxing. of – Yeah, I mean like the type of people. Who are the group of people? Or it's who really everybody. And I think a lot of people mean well. And the things that they say, they don't mean them to be as offensive or as rude or as well, awful. Like, do you have any examples yeah. um, that you can use without, you know, without going There's, into like the obvious details that you wouldn't want to like blast out on mm-hmm. on a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Well, they like, there's the obvious ones and the ones that you hear about is like, what were you wearing and how much did you have to drink and oh, all Jesus. that crap? And yeah. it's like, why did you put yourself in that situation? And it's like, it, I didn't ask for it. I, it goes back to like, don't teach girls not to get raped, teach boys not to rape. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it goes both ways too. Like men, of, of course, can be raped. So I don't want to like <clears> leave <throat> that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've had people that said, um, why didn't you just enjoy it? Because it's sex. Whoa. Men, because men, someone that those words left mm-hmm. someone's mouth to like people that I'm, someone said people that, that I've been you. very very close with. Have Whoa! Said that. And it's like it happened when I was eighteen. So talking to my friends about it, who are also eighteen and eighteen year old boys, and what do eighteen year old boys want? Uh, What's your end right, goal? Okay, right. And they can't. They've never been in that danger, really. Like especially like straight white boys, um, mm-hmm. don't don't feel that fear. And like guys, you don't grow up with that fear. Guys don't get it. Like I don't get it because I'm when I talk to Kyla, my my girlfriend, and she's going, uh, she's over at a friend's in Dartmouth uh, place, and she doesn't really feel like going down and hanging out at the ferry terminal waiting for the ferry at whatever time at night. And I'm like, and and my like emotional reaction to that is like, well, why? But I don't know how it what it's like to be alone at night in a ferry terminal in a part of town that isn't the best and walking down the street and like all these situations that I would never even think for a second. Taylor, have you ever walked down the street ever and pulled out your phone and pretended to talk to someone on the phone? Right, exactly. Has that ever happened in your life? Not once in my life, but Kyla does it all the time. All the time. And, 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 or she'll call me and just go, yo, I'm just on the phone with you right now so that this person across the street thinks that I'm I did that in recently. contact with somebody. Brian, have you ever done that in your life? No, absolutely not. And I f- and like I find it insane that 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 stuff has It's to insane that it it's that, that has to happen, but it's the, but it's it's Ooh. it's crazy that half uh well not, I shouldn't I'm not going to speak for all guys, but like I've never had that feeling and I've never felt what it's like to need to feel that protection or feel mm. like I need uh 
a protection or somebody or somebody there to watch over me or a connection so I can see, say if something goes bad or wrong. Like I feel like someone's going to hurt me. Like I've never, I have faked a phone call, but it was because I, I was uh, faking a, a really intense breakup in front of a bunch of strangers just to see how they would react. Um, <laughs> so not quite the same situation. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And that's the thing is like we, that is something that we just do not have to think about. Yeah. Right? Whereas, and, whereas for someone like you, Lauren, or someone like Kyla or someone like I mean, name any young woman in in North America today. If if it's nighttime and it's dark out and you're not walking on a, on a well lit pathway, like that's a you don't feel good, uh, Lauren. So to come back to your experience, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you were you were saying that you've had people say, "What were you wearing? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much did you drink? Uh, how did you put yourself in that situation? Uh, or why would you put yourself in that situation?" Mm-hmm. Um, are you comfortable with clearing the air in terms of how that situation did present itself and how, how, um, how easy it was to happen to fall into that situation? Yeah. Um, so I was in my first year at university and I was in my residence and we had, I think, 252 residents in this place. So it was a big, it was a big residence. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the weekend in between when classes ended and when exams started, and there was a big event on campus and a huge party, and there was there had to be double the amount of people in the residence than lived there. Like, it was right. packed. The hallways were insane. And there was a party going on in a bedroom that we had cleaned most of the furniture out just to make it into, like, a party, like a party room, dance, whatever room. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine lived across the hall, so I was in there first, and I had an open drink that I had mixed in my room, brought right down. So it was the very beginning. And I thought, I'm not going to take this open cup into this mosh pit of a room. I'm going to leave it here. It's going to slosh all over the place. So I'm going to leave it here on my friend's desk and hop across the hall and went back maybe 20, 30 minutes later, grabbed it, went upstairs with another friend of mine to mix her drink in my bedroom. And that is the last thing I remember. Fuck. So that was your first First drink. drink. I, the cup and the, it was vodka. I was drinking. I think the cup and the bottle of vodka at the same level was left on my desk. And I found it there the next morning. Who was the last person that remembers seeing you? Like, like how did, like, how did you, you know, you know what I mean? And it's like, and then, and then, and then did, was there any sort of like, I know that you had said, and I think you said this before we actually started recording, but you had mentioned how you don't know who it was. No, I have no memory of who it was. Um, I have flashes of it happening, but not of the assault so much, but more as like coming out of whatever unconsciousness that I was in. And like, I can very specifically remember the pattern of the tile on the floor and I was laying under... It was in like a single bathroom. We had single bathrooms in our residence that had like like a three phase bathroom, so like a t- or a shower, um, toilet, and sink, Ooh. and then just in its own room that you could lock. And I just remember laying under the toilet, so just like a porcelain toilet, and like the cold, like radiating off of it Ooh. to my face. Like that's how close I was. And that's and when you came to, like, did you know right away? Um, no. So I didn't. I was in the basement, so there was five floors in the bottom floor was a basement and it was really dark and there was like it was always quiet down there people didn't really party down there like they came up to the second floor generally to party Mm -hmm. um so i don't know what i was doing down there but i do um so immediately i didn't know like someone opened it was like six in the morning someone opened the door and hit me because i was laying on the floor and um i was like whoa (laughs) that's insane Swung the door open. Someone swinged the door open. <laughs> then they came in and just punched me in the head. And we're like, what are you doing in my bathroom? Um, and then I remember like immediately like, slamming the door shut and then just sitting there for a second. Just trying and, to get your bearings. Yeah, like, like, what the fuck am I? Am I? Like, yeah. like if you're hungover, you got really drunk and one night you wake up and you're like, oh my God, what the right. hell just happened? That, I mean, like I've been blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Have you? Maybe two times in my life or three times. No, <laughs> no. Sounds like a low ball. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm talking like, I mean, there's times I mean, where last I've been, week? I'm, ta- I'm talking times where I've been, look, I've had times where I've been obliterated, 
but I'll always be able to like recall what happened in the night. Maybe not like very, very minute mm-hmm. details, but like generally you know where you were how you got that's right like how did i get home i think i took a cab or wait no like we walked that kind of thing but i'm talking like right times where i've no idea no idea from like for like a good four hour period or five hour period of my life and that's terrifying that's a that's a that's a trip to Mm -hmm. like actually sit back and go oh my god there's a chunk of my life it's just gone that's gone and i have no idea what happened yeah, yeah, that's scary. So to, I like, that feeling of sort of coming to, I mean, like, were you in it? Were you in a state where you were thinking, oh, man, I got bombed? Like, I got plastered last night? Or were no. you like, wait, what the fuck yeah, happened? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, like a, not a dream, but I don't know. Like, I don't remember any of the party. Like, because mm-hmm. it just happened. Like, I remember going downstairs and, like, then going back upstairs. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. it. And then that was it. So it was like I didn't even start the night. In my mind. Like, yeah. So like how confusing so is that? So I just like woke up on a bathroom floor that I knew was in the basement because they were a little bit different. And I was just like, how in the world? And I mm-hmm. sat there for a second and then realized I didn't have any pants and then saw my phone under the toilet. And I was just like, what in the fuck? <laughs> like, right. And so I sat there for a minute because I knew someone was outside the door. And I said, I didn't have any pants. They were gone. I was completely naked from the waist down. Pants, underwear, gone. And like, not they, in the room. No, they oh. took them. What? Yeah. Did you ever recover them ever? No. They, oh. Oh. It's very strange. So oh. the thing that happens when you go to the hospital immediately ah. after and get a rape kit is that they take your clothes. Because that is there right. could be traces in your underwear. And oh, your pants. whoa. This whoa. motherfucker. This was, a, but, this was a planned whoa. attack. Not necessarily against me. It was a right. definitely an opportunity. Not thing. just a planned attack, but someone like someone came with something in their pocket, thinking, "I'm going to do this tonight." And on top of that, I'm going to w- make ha- sure no one knows that I did this tonight. Had Here's the wherewithal this. to go. I'm going to cover up the evidence. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's super scary too. Because then, then, like, obviously, if if they got away with this, it's like how many other times? Oh, they've done it more multiple yeah. times. Hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys watched any like the Hunting Ground. It's, no, a, no. it's a documentary about rape on uh, college, college campuses. campuses. And a lot of it has been like, I don't know, discredited, I guess, because it's mostly statistics, but it's because those statistics don't exist. And like they give them to you, but it's what the universities themselves have made available. Right. And my school between the year like <clears throat> 2009 to 2013, so mine happened right in the middle. So five years ago, 2009, 13 inclusive, um, they said to the public that four happened in five years. So that means I'm one of them, which means supposedly there's only three others in five years. Which do you think that's total bullshit? Oh, for sure. I knew personally at least three other people in my, like in like a two month period that it either happened to or it was like an attempt. And those four weren't just you and those three others. Dude, I honestly find that at this day and age, and especially because, and, and like, like what in this vein or in this train of thought, thank you for, for being here because talking about it and speaking up about it is becoming more prevalent. And it seems to be um, like coming out more where it, it it's starting to feel at least, I don't want to use the word that it's safe, but it's safer. In but no, to, no, no. But what it's doing out. is we're, we're holding institutions and fucking people accountable. It's like, yo, st- all this bullshit Stop it! Like right, when that, no, when that, but, but a university, and I guarantee it, is holding their reputation. They don't want to. Oh, they, they, don't, they don't. They don't want to have a stat that says that you know x amount of like absolutely. Hey, but that's hey, female, the wrong way. Oh, totally. That's right. And and by doing this right here, this is the this is the type of thing that helps put a fucking end to that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But you know that it's a lie, not only because it's obvious that it's a lie, but it's also obvious because if I were to talk if to ten random women that I know in my life. I bet that there uh, uh, a majority of them have had some experience where they felt like they were taken advantage of and yeah. assaulted in some way. But do you Look, think? And, do you, and which and which at, some, at another point you would never know. But it's like, and again, in this in this time where it's becoming a little bit safer to, or to for a woman to feel more safe to talk about it, you're realizing how prevalent it is, which is absolutely bought. I, I want to, I want to, and this just maybe just to lighten the mood uh, for a second. 
which also this is kind of <laughs> this is kind of like a, a pretty layered cake. It's it's not funny, but it's kind of funny, but. So and it's Lauren, explain, the, explain <laughs> yeah. it more before you, yeah, no, you no, actually it, say it. No, no, it's okay. So, so Lauren, I I had been talking to you to set up an interview. Yeah, and and we originally wanted to do this um, a couple of months ago when that piece of shit the cab driver, cab yeah. driver that assaulted that woman the and then got a fucking way with it. And anyway, fuck that guy. Um, but scheduling didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get you into the studio. I go to book. To tell you, like, hey, Lauren, me, Brian Taylor, finally, we're all in the same town. Uh, we're we're wondering if you are ready to record, if you want to record on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And your response to me, absolutely, with about <laughs> a thousand exclamation points, yay! Oh. <laughs> Any specific angles? And I was like, oh, angles, well... I thought that was kind of covered in your application. So I said, uh, I think we just go in and see where it goes. I mean, we can spin it as a, a PT, T, PTSD episode if you prefer, but I, I feel like specifically focusing on the, the sexual assault survivor angle would be really effective. What are your thoughts? I'm open. Oh, no. And it's you responded <laughs> and said, hmm, well, I don't have PTSD, so perhaps not, LOL. I also don't really identify as a sexual assault survivor, even though I have been sexually assaulted. See what I'm saying? It's just not something I care about, as fucked up as that sounds, LOL. It's something that's happened to me twice and haven't dwelled on or feel impacted by, compared, by, by it compared to other people. Um, I don't really want to talk... I do, I do want to talk about blah, 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 blah. Right. And so I'm like, I'm going... Something that is completely separate from that. <laughs> way separate. Way separate. So separate that it's like, blah, 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 because of my borderline personality disorder. And I'm like, wait a fucking minute. Oh, my God. It's Lauren, <laughs> our past guest who had borderline personality disorder. And I said, ha, oh, my God, Lauren. I am such a fucking idiot. So I had been in touch with somebody else by the name of Lauren. She applied on the show, Resexual Assault. So I went to reach out and book. I'm so sorry. You handled that weird-ass request. It was so much grace. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so sorry. And she just responded with, lol. <laughs> but to come back to your point, Taylor, you know, something that I didn't know about my friend, Lauren, who just goes, yeah, no, it's happened to me twice, yeah. but I don't really want to talk about it. Like, it's you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't at least know someone who's yeah. been affected. And by I would it, right? say, I would say, I mean, and you can you can speak more to this, Lauren, from the female perspective, from just the female perspective. But in the uh, especially in the in the last, uh, I don't know, I would say like four or five years of um, the whole, like I want to say, like a revolution, a revolutionization of the talk about like what consent means. And, um, you know, when we were in high school, like, I think that, I think that it was a, it was a different conversation or it wasn't a conversation at all. So not at all. I don't remember having one, I'm 29 years old. I don't remember having one single conversation surrounding consent. It was black and white, right? It's it seemed black and white. It was either like. It, it was. It, it seemed like I didn't, oh, we well, didn't even have the well, no means no conversation. Right, exactly. Like, it was just like, well, we're here right now, so that's. Mm-hmm. Imp- it was like it was. Impl- it, that was the the white was it was implied, and the black was mm. they said, "fuck off." So you you did yeah. report it. Um, way after the fact. Like how long after? Um, June. So then, what happened immediately so the whole after the year? You're in that. You're in that bathroom. You wake up. You don't obviously are missing your clothes from from the waist down. Mm-hmm. So what what did you do? Um, it was like six in the morning, so I knew when it was a huge party the night before. Like, everyone, not a lot of people. Not were a awake. lot of people were awake, so I grabbed my phone. I ran to the elevator, which was just kind of around the corner, and uh, I hopped on that. And I lived on the fourth floor, so I went up there and um, pounded on my door because I didn't have my key because we had uh, our IDs were our keys. I didn't have pants, so I didn't right. have anywhere just to keep totally my ID. Pantsless this whole totally totally naked from the waist down, but not oh, really fuck. like super aware of that. Mm-hmm. Not thinking I didn't at the time think it was like I did like I did. I just kept thinking, like, where are your pants? It but, also like, probably wouldn't be like that out of place at a Probably not. Like a, I definitely saw people like running around. Yeah. Partially clothed, for sure. Um uh, my roommate did not answer the door. She was asleep, I'm assuming. Obviously, six o'clock in the morning. Um, I lived right across the hall from a lounge, so I <clears throat> went in there and I fell asleep on the couch 
for a little bit. And then I woke up throwing up on the floor and I was like, okay, you need to get in your room. And then I went and pounded on the door again and it was later in the day. So she opened it. And she was like, where are your pants? Yeah, of course. Of course, that's the first question. <laughs> and I was just, I don't know. And I ran in. And mm-hmm. I laid on my bed. And yeah. And then I think when I woke up, and I had conversations with her about, because she's like, what happened last night? Like, where were you? Like, what? Like people were looking for you? Like, all this stuff. And I told her, I think, what I thought had happened. But I don't remember this conversation with her at all. Right. Um, you're still, like, yeah, you're still so coming I, down off the... Wherever the fuck. And And I had a story for her. I told her that I was here and there and talking to these people and doing this, but I have no recollection of her, of telling her that or those events. Right. So I went to sleep and then I. In your, in your, um, your, your story that you're giving her, Mm -hmm. was there any part of you that said, and I think I was. No. Assaulted. No, none. Okay. None. So I fell asleep and then I woke up later, like late in the afternoon, probably around dinner time, I guess. And. At that point, I was like, I had sex last night, like for sure. Um, I don't know what it's like for a guy, but you can physically, feel it. you can you feel, can feel yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I was like, but I have no memory of it. I was like very, like my whole body was sore. Everything was sore, but, yeah, and I knew that I'd had sex and I was like super confused. And so I went downstairs to my best friend's room that like had been my best friend since we were like 11 years old. Um, and I just like crawled into his bed and I was like, I don't know what happened last night. And so we started talking about it and we were Googling things and like to, to my memory, I think we were like Googling like the symptoms and all that. Cause I was Ooh. so sick, but not like hungover sick. It was a very right. different kind of sick and like so confused. And they were like, Laura, you were, you were drugged for sure. Like you had to have been, there's no way you could have been like that. I was like, I know I didn't drink anymore. Like. My liquor is still in my room. My cup is still in my room. Unless I got a lot of drinks from a lot of random strangers, like, and have no memory after the first drink. Like, that seems strange. So, mm-hmm. is that the, is that a, a difficulty or is that an obstacle in terms of, of, um, in terms of trying to convince somebody for the lack of a better phrase and, you know, that you have to convince somebody that you've been, um, drugged when you're you know your first year university and you know everyone's obviously probably assuming that you haven't been sober like since day one of getting there so is that part of the struggle in terms of why you would be hesitant to go forward with something and yeah because i had no information to go on either i'm like i was at a party last night i know that i had sex but i that's it. That was all I yeah. had. So like, how do you, yeah. say, what do you, you say? You don't have your pants. Like, like you don't have, have anything no to bring evidence. forward. I have nothing. People saw me at this party, like doing ridiculous things and like, but no more necessarily ridiculous than someone that was like blackout drunk would be doing. Right. And I told my roommate what I thought had happened. And so I, I think that she didn't believe me and I don't want to say that she's not like, she's an incredible person. She's a wonderful human being. But like, I think she struggled because she was like, that's not what you told me. Like you told me this and now you're mm. saying this, like, does it make sense? What type <laughs> of emotions were you feeling during that day after? Um, like very confused and like a lot of denial for sure. Like not wanting it to be real. So like, I kind of wanted to convince myself that what I had told her was my night was what my night was. Um, but there was like physical signs after, like I had Mm. bruises in places that were like clear. Someone had been holding me. Um, there was arm, like handprints on my arms. Um, which isn't something that happens when you're drinking generally, I hope. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, but just like a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. And so then I did exams and. Went home for Christmas and pretended like it didn't happen. So some people knew, mm-hmm. but not very many. Now, is this something that um, that you you kind of like successfully swept under the rug, or was it something no. that sort of gnawed at you um, incessantly the whole time? So I had a few people that I told. Um, <coughs> a friend that one of my best friends was in. Uh, prep school for hockey in Ontario and I called her the day of and she was like on a bus trip back from Buffalo or something and they had like pull over because she was just distraught when I told her and it was it was rough um but I had to tell somebody 
And so over Christmas break, like I told my friends from home, like my really close, like high school, like, like I'm from a really small town. So from birth on my friends, Mm -hmm. so they knew, but that was it. And then a couple, like my friend at university knew, but I definitely tried to sweep it under the rug and that didn't work. I, I drank a lot, a lot, a lot. And like. You can easily hide that when you're in university, especially in first year, is just like first year partying, right? Mm -hmm. They're honestly, my first year at Acadia, I don't think there was a single day that I wasn't obliterated. Yeah. I was drunk for my my musical theater exam, which was a performance. Nice. That's very good. (laughs) But you've only been blackout drunk like two or three times. Yeah, 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 because I can handle my liquor. But. I think you're an alcoholic. (laughs) Uh, Wow. That there might be some truth to that. Um, uh, so you were you. It drove you to drink. Uh, yeah, just because like if I just kept doing that and like being out every weekend and doing things all the time, like you didn't. I didn't have to think about it. Are there all. were there other things that it clearly um, like it, like affected you? Because um, I know in your application you did you did. Specifically, PTSD. Yes. And we mentioned that earlier in that stupid email that I sent to somebody else named Lauren. Um, (laughs) uh, At what point... Well, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. At at what point did you come forward and and who was it that you came forward to? And and what was the the catalyst to make you go, I've got to do this? Um, My parents was who I told or who I told. Um, So I... Partied all the time, second semester. Um, went to all my classes, like went to class, but um, and did exams. I'm like get good at taking exams. I don't mind doing them, but my like I couldn't be alone with myself, and I still can't. Like I'm, I like to be alone. I don't like to be with a lot of people. Like I'm definitely an introvert, but I can't be in silence. Mm. So I remember one time I went to the library to write a paper and sat and stared at the wall for seven hours and like don't remember that being seven hours, just like looking at the clock and being like, I have not done nothing but sit here. So I didn't write any papers or do any assignments and I was in a history degree, so that didn't go over well. That's difficult. Mm, yeah. Um, so my wonderful parents opened my mail. And I got a letter from the university saying that I was on like serious academic probation or something. I don't remember what it said. And uh, that's not me at all. I was like an overachiever in high school. Like high school, I didn't try and was really good at, um, which I think is pretty typical. But Yeah, okay. They, you don't have to rub like, it in. I get it. I fucking <laughs> sucked at high school. Fine. Whatever. Continue. Um, and I was doing really well first semester. So they were like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? And um, we were sitting in my den and I didn't want to talk to talk about it. I was just kind of mad at them for like opening my mail and being like, why, why would you even do that? Like, this is my yeah. business. This is not your business. And like, well, it's going to be our business because something has to be done. Did like, you, did you know why it was? Did, did you know the reason inside this entire time or was I think it a bit so. of self-discovery? Well, they kind of, my mom was like, well, well, did something happen that like, yeah, I feel like it's it, that kind of like, you know, when you go through some sort of trauma and you start and it has an effect on you, I don't think that your brain clearly sees the effect that the trauma has on you until it's pointed out to you. Mm-hmm. And then once it's pointed to you, uh, it's like your insecurities, right? It's like when you, yeah. when someone makes your insecurities known to yourself, that's when you go, oh, I see how this is like affecting me on, my day, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So is that like, that's what it was? Your parents brought it forward? Well, I hadn't even looked at my marks, honestly, because I knew that I didn't do well. And I was just trying to avoid everything. Mm. And um, and I didn't know that I had PTSD or whatever at the time. I just knew that I was, like, like rattled by this. Like, it shook me. Um, so my mom said, what happened? And then I was like, well, so, like, something happened. And then she – I think she knew. I, I don't know. I, I remember, like – parts of this but I think she knew because she made my dad leave the room and I told her and then my dad was in like the front living room so my mom went in and I don't even know if she told it like I don't even know if there was words I think it was like they knew because I don't remember but like seeing my dad's face was the worst experience one of the worst experiences of my life for sure Mm -hmm. in that moment yeah sad dads are 
rough. It's the my roughest dad's thing. Small, like my dad's it's like a big man thing. and yeah. like a pretty serious, like conservative guy. And it was just mm. like really, really difficult to see him like that. Dude, that would probably be his worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. it was for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that was, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but then we wrote a letter to the school, I guess, and said like, this is what happened. We'd like to like appeal some of this. So we, they're like, all right, so come down and meet with us. So we got in the car and we drove the six hours to school and, um, had meetings with this man that I talked about before and some other people. And I don't, and I called my dad recently. Oh, cause you had already gone to the school. You had already talked to somebody at the school before this? Or no, what? no. No, we were, didn't know. We were talking about this oh, okay. prick earlier. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, this guy that, like, the well, I don't director of whatever. Right, right, right. Remember. So you knew him, but you but you didn't, that you didn't I'd know never, him? I'd never had any interaction with him before. Oh, okay. We were talking about him earlier yes, in this yes, room. Yes, I remember that. that. I think that's what she alluded to. It was, like, <laughs> the guy before she was talking about. She, oh, we talked oh about yeah, him before. sorry. Right. Okay, yeah. sure, sorry. <laughs> Um, so we had a meeting and I called my dad recently just cause I was like, I don't remember much of that meeting. Like I've really just like blocked that. Well, I called my mom first and she was like, I did the same thing. She was like, I don't remember. She's like, but your dad knows your dad remembers everything always. And he does. He, you can't lie to him. Um, he just remembers everything. Um, so I had a conversation with him and he was just like, they were good about it. Like, they're like, we'll do whatever we can to help you. Like, we're sorry this happened. Apparently there's a woman there that was like, Lauren, we believe you, which to me, that feels like patronizing. Uh, yes, yeah. like a little bit. And then we walked over to my dean, and on the walk over, like I knew where I was going because I knew campus. So I was like walking over to this building to talk to the dean of arts. And my dad asked the girl that was walking us there, and he said, "How? Like, can I ask you a question?" And she was like, "Yeah." And he said, "How often does this happen?" And she just wouldn't answer. She just like froze and kept going. Because I think they're. She literally she just she didn't, said she didn't say anything. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were, were the police ever involved? No, never. And is that standard? Um, I I I think yes. Um, because I didn't know who it was. So what are they going to do? What are the yeah. police going to do? Yeah. I had no I one to point oh. a finger at at all. I had nothing. Like I had no evidence, and they like police deal in evidence and hard facts. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts and maybe you can't speak to this because it wasn't your experience but as a man who again coming back to what we were saying earlier has never really had to worry about this and also doesn't speak about this topic very much with anybody um when when for the times that i have had a conversation surrounding incidents like this with people that i know I feel like it's a pretty common feeling amongst women that going to the police is is like um is pointless. Yeah, what's the point? What how many convictions come out of that? Right. None. So you and, go through the court system and you deal with what this poor girl here in Halifax had to deal with and mm-hmm. protests are held against judges who say ridiculous things because but that's that's the law that judge made that decision and that's what happened and it like things did develop afterwards and, and that was that was going to be my follow-up one, was in one situation but there's so right. many like you can look at the brock turner case i don't know mm-hmm. if you guys if that name rings a bell is the stanford student the kid yeah the kid down the girl oh, behind yeah. a dumpster and got what like 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 a very like not very long. I can't remember. Exactly and there was how long like was. hard evidence. And it was hard. Him. People caught him. People ripped him. Literally off. Two found boys him doing ripped it. him off of her in the act. Yeah. Right. And the the argument that was made was like twenty minutes of a bad decision on his part are going to affect his entire life. But no one talks about the girl and the, tra- yeah. and the trauma that follows. Yes. And, and so, the things that she like twenty minutes that she didn't. He made that choice. She did not. And her life is. Affected in a forever. greater way. Yeah, forever. Because he made that decision. Just like if you decided to murder someone, like, oh, I just did it in a minute. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like in the yeah. way, that, like in the way that she, mm-hmm. he gave her a sentence 
by doing it. And that's part and of what he I never think I, got his sentence. I said that I think in my application was that I someone gave me this and it's not like a contagious disease or whatever, but it's like no, I didn't, someone I literally no like someone gave someone me literally this. went here's some PTSD. Yeah. See you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and I might get I might get um I might have a strip torn off of me for saying this. And I I totally see why it would be easy for someone like myself to say this. But as hard as that is to not go forward because you feel like nothing will be done about it, it just seems so logical to me that like if if everybody just did that consistently, came forward and just put everything on the table and said, this is what fucking happened. This happened. And every person just continues to get turned down and turned down and turned down. I feel like I would fucking hope that it wouldn't continue like that. I would hope that there would, that there would be some change that would come into the, the way that the law deals with these horrible situations. Whereas I know for a fact that if no one does anything, if no one, if no one took that time to step forward and do that really hard thing that they know probably won't actually pay off, then for sure nothing's going to change. But the the people that you're going forward to is like, you, they don't understand it either. Like the, some yeah. one of the closest people in my life ever looked at me and said, "It was sex. Why didn't you just enjoy it?" So yes, if that the person that is the closest to me in my life can say that to me. What's a cop going to say if I have no evidence to give you? Like, sucks to suck. So here's my question, piggybacking that. Is there a place? Is there a resource that exists that someone like myself might not know exists where people can go and that won't be the case? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Because it, it, I don't know for me. At the time, I wish I had known and I'm sure there is. And I think in the town that the university, there there was something, but like, I didn't know about it. It wasn't made known. So that yeah. would have been helpful too. Like in your fresh kit, say like mm-hmm. if this happens, which a high chance it could, mm. these are where you go. And I know the school now, I think in 2015 or just last year even, um, came out with a, some sort of like plan, a sexual mm. assault. Like this is, if this happens to you, this is how we deal with it. These are the steps that are going to be taken. This is how we're going to do what we can for you, which is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I'm so glad that happened for me six years too late, but for the future, like great, but also in 2015, 2016, that's just becoming available. That's an issue. Yeah, and, and I, wa- I want to just say, I just want to say before we go any further, the, mm-hmm. the you know I, the reason why I, I I voice that is because it's because I is exactly the reason why I I want to have this conversation is because I don't I don't know I don't know it what it's so like and it's, it seems people. so obvious and, and feels, I don't know what it's it like feels now like that is. It feels like it's from my perspective. It feels like it's starting to change. But it feels but like from, to me, yeah. and yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's easy. Straight white man. That's yeah. easy for you yeah. to say. Exactly. And, and that's exactly. what I was going to say. Like from your perspective, but the person that this happened to yesterday doesn't feel that way. Right. And, but I'm saying and, from the from the perspective of somebody who who I never. I this wasn't even a conversation that I knew was taking place, or if I don't even think it was taking place. I feel like the 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 light on where I started to pay attention. And when I saw things start to really come to the forefront was uh, going to bring some pop culture up into this conversation right now was with the Gian Gomeshi thing. And when that came up and since that time I have seen, I know that that wasn't, that's not like, I'm not calling that a, uh, didn't end uh, well. No, I know it didn't end well. And yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that was a, 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 an example of something that uh, I'm, I'm saying that that seemed to be a fire starter to me in the way that it then started to become like, okay, well, this is like a famous guy who people came out against. And even though it didn't end well, it seemed like people started to come forward more and like coming forward is becoming a safer thing. And I'm not saying it's a safe thing or it's something that's going to get something done about it. To I'm be devil's that advocate like to me, that to be devil's advocate to that coming better dude in the, relation, the, the current president of the United States literally said, <sighs> literally said, you can just walk up and grab them by the pussy 
and is now the fucking president. Right. And and hey, yeah. sure, locker room talk. It was a fucking joke. Yada yada yada. Whatever, dude. That mm-hmm. that is. Even if you totally agree that like that is locker room talk and you're okay with that, the fact that he fucking said it and people heard it and still voted for him, right. that is fucking yeah. fucked. I don't give a shit what you think. That is so fucked up. But that's why that's why I think that it comes back to like educating the people who are like it's not like it's so hard to um talk about the people who have suffered through this, especially being us three white guys trying to talk about this. But the Do three we have of no us no skin in but, the game. But like, the three of us have been at at parties where we see like fucking guys creeping on girls or like shit going on that is not okay. And there's often times when people won't say anything mm-hmm. or or won't be there to support somebody. But if there was somebody who who knows who was at the party that night that could have saw or could have said something and stopped something from happening and didn't, then those are the things like those are our responsibilities as as the people who have never been through this to be more aware that those situations happen and that this shit happens way more than we could possibly ever ever think. Ooh. And it's our responsibility to to step in and prevent that shit. Because like there's not much else that we can do as three fucking straight white guys who haven't like Jer's kind of like bi-ish. <laughs> I'm still exploring that. But like This is true. <laughs> but yeah, we, we just need we need people to understand that it's not okay and step up and, and not be afraid to step in and stop it. I, I would like to come back to how you um how you've been progressing in terms of your like mental health since that time period. Um, I know that you you see a doctor mm-hmm. currently. Yep. Um, how are you doing? Um, I mean, you're you're like I, I have to say, the fact that you came in here to talk to us about this is like, I, I fucking I can't can't begin to commend you enough to like have the the courage that I can't even imagine it would take to come in here and have this conversation with three fucking joker like idiot white dudes who don't know shit uh, and and share this experience with us um, but aside from that how are you it has like peaks and valleys I guess um, it's been a while it's been a long time but it definitely still affects me in a lot of ways um, but just like as a side, do you guys listen to Guys We Fucked? Yeah, love it. Uh, did you listen to the episode with the two girls? Uh, it was called um, It's Not Your Job to Be the Perfect Survivor. No. So it's a, it's fairly recent. It came out like a week or two, I think, after I contacted you originally. And the two girls that are on it are from the hunting ground. They were like featured in that documentary on uh, Campus Rape. And... So just like, this is me coming forward in a way. And it's because I am so privileged. Like, and I want to recognize that in my situation, like I'm not lucky that it happened, but it's, it happened to me and I am so privileged enough that I can come forward and I can talk about it. And I have an amazing support system and Mm. like any resource available to me, like lucky enough to have private, like to be able to afford private psychologists, like not have to go through a healthcare system and Mm -hmm. all that. So that's why. I wanted to come in and talk to you and it's, su- it is difficult and it, it's, it's not fun to talk about it, but it's, I think it's super important that people talk about it. And like you guys say, you can't do anything, but like you're the kind of people that absolutely can. And I say mm. this to a lot of the men in my life and it's like, you're the ones that have to, like when your friends are doing locker room talk or making jokes, rape isn't funny. No rape joke is funny. So that's when you have to step in and be like, not cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing in a softball tournament a couple summers ago and two of the guys on my team were joking around and they started that champ where um chant um no means yes and yes means anal. And like I do not know. I'm, I'm not familiar that. with that chant. No. <laughs> Sorry. It's not a, but it's not a good one. No, um, uh, fuck no. And I was sitting there and I was just like, fuck, like shut up. Like yeah. that's not funny. Yeah. And you're just you're you these boys are not people that are gonna rape people, like not in the way that it happened to right. me. But you're making it okay for people to joke and talk mm-hmm. about it and that's rape culture mm-hmm. and so that needs to stop but what's anyway. uh, what's your um 
And just uh, I asked this question just because we were having this conversation earlier today, Jared, about um, somebody that we know in our life that has also been that's also been affected by um, sexual assault. And um, what's your view on men? Has it changed? Like, do you have a different perspective on men as in general? Do you have? Are you more withdrawn or anything like that? I don't. I don't think so, but this is like going back to where I'm at with my mental health and that I've had different psychologists and counselors and therapists, whatever you want to call them, um, since then in every place that I've lived. Um, So I just got a new one here and we do talk about that a decent amount because I have no issue with guys and I don't have an issue with sex. Like I'm because it's to me, I don't remember the attack. I don't remember the mm. assault, and I am very aware that rape isn't about sex. It's about power and control. Right. Um. Yeah, and I don't remember enough about it. It didn't happen on a date. I was out with friends. Like it didn't. Like I don't associate it with it. And it wasn't someone that I knew, which is what much more typical. So it's like it generally happens with someone that you are dating or that you're on a date with. Or most rapes happen by someone that you know. Mm. Um. <clears throat> So I was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, and were you medicated for that at all? or No. Okay. Um, so it's just sort when, of therapy-based. Well, it could be. There def- there's definitely medications that you can take for mm-hmm. it. And um, I don't know what they're called or anything. But when I first told my mom, she was like, okay, did you go to the hospital when this happened? Like, did you have any of that? And I was like, no. And obviously that's not smart for your physical health to not anything. So there was a uh, nurse practitioner in my town that everyone kind of went to for their first paps because she was a woman and we mostly had male doctors. Right, and you're like, thank <laughs> please, please, I need to go see yeah, this one. Yeah, when you're like 16 and you have to have a pap test, you're like, I don't want to go to my 80-year-old family doctor. Um, oh, my God, <laughs> don't blame you. Jesus Christ. So I did go to see her and had all those tests and stuff, and um, I do have sleep paralysis as well. Whoa! Because of the PTSD. Do you, have the de- do you see the demon? Yeah. Oh man, dude, that's haunting. The shadow man. Did you watch the documentary? I can't. It's fucking scary. Is it? Yeah. And I, honestly, I and don't you know like what? scary movies to begin yeah. with. I'm like maybe I'll watch it with someone, but I'm like, yeah. no. I also feel like we probably shouldn't even be talking about your sleep paralysis because it'll like you'll have it tonight or something. Well, like, I, I haven't. No, I've had it recently. Oh yeah. Um, it, like for a while, it was every single night. Is it oh. honestly just the most it's terrifying the, thing you I can? I wouldn't wish it on my worst nightmare. Yeah. Or worse enemy. Yeah. Um, it I was like, nightmare. it is your worst <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> it's everyone's worst nightmare. Like, yeah. Literally, like, it's the worst is. nightmare you can have. I hope that my demon doesn't experience sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah. I saw one of those like, stupid Facebook video, like, how-to things, right? About how to, like, lucid dream and have sleep paralysis, experience it. Because people are like, I want to have Whoa. this. I want to know it. And I do lucid dream. And that's not, that's a different that's thing. That's a different that's thing. Just, yeah. like, that's just like, I have lucid dreams and they're awesome. That's a video game. Yeah, they're, that's, they're that's, so much that's fun nighttime video fully game. fully know you're in them. I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. I'm going to fly. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> um, but no, and someone's like, oh, I really want to try this sleep paralysis because there's like some way you try can it. Like, like, it's lull a drug. yourself into well, it. I'm like, you do not. And here's the crazy thing is I can totally. Do you want it? Well, look, no, listen. I would like to listen. give it to you if I, I could. Jared likes, Jared likes horror films. I do love being scared. I love horror films. And this I, is a different kind of scare. I know. And that's kind of, and I. this is why I say I I see where those people are coming from because it's like. They're curious, for Oh, sure. it's the ultimate scare. Mm-hmm. Like It's like the ooh. real life scary movie. It's like virtual reality, those things. It's like yeah. to scare yourself, people love that, that shit. And that's but the thing. Like, like Virtual reality horror, like when that becomes a thing. I mean, there's going to be some serious this after effects from that. I think your like, brain it's... so scared that it hallucinates, mm-hmm. like, and it creates yeah. a person. Yeah, not saying that I want it. Not saying that I want it, but I'm saying I've thought about. You want to? Could dip, I handle? You want to dip your toe? I want to dip my toe in it. And I haven't just had the visual hallucinations. I've had auditory and tactile. Oh man! So I've had someone, not someone, but I call him the Shadow Man because he. That's what he looks like. Of course. He's, and as, when I say I was like, oh, he's black. People are like, it's black. I'm like, no, I mean, no, like, he's a shadow. Like an outline. He's a silhouette. Like you hate. You're like you hate black people. And you're like, no, he's just he's, no, just, he's a just shadow. Just he's much blacker black. than that black. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. He um he um it has touched. Me like I felt that. Like, Fuck, in, that's oh, so scary. So no one can see, but it was like the a very like 
tender like brush against my cheek. Oh like, my god! And, well, at least it's tender. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like the worst. Tender is the worst. And the like evil person starts being like kind of nice, and yeah. you're just like, Ugh, like your skin uh, crawls because of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I I do want to come back to one more question about um your experience with sexual assault, and it's the I guess if you were to go if you were to be able to rewind and this that doesn't sound like good the way that I put it, but I guess what would you do differently in the follow up after in seeking help and and um yeah just in seeking help afterwards would you have done things differently? Probably not. No. Which is weird to say, but I just I don't know what I could have done. But what, what, what I, if I, you I, had to offer advice to someone to, who, well, who in, just experienced something now like that? Now and today, like it's a lot. It, it has come a long way since 2010. That's what Taylor's been sure. saying the entire time. It has. It's it's <laughs> it's definitely more talked about. Like consent was never something that was talked about when I sure. was young, and like even consent in a like a relationship. Like there were times where I felt like I have had to sleep with a boyfriend when I didn't want to, but but he's mm. my boyfriend, and it's not. And he wasn't like it wasn't aggressive, and it wasn't whatever. But it was like I don't want to, but right. he really like does. he was really pouty. Like, yeah, and he was like being a baby about it. And I was like, right, and you're I like, guess. well, fine, I'll just get this over. But, like with I didn't and shut want to, up. and yeah. that's that's not the same thing. But it's like still not it's, okay. It's still like, and I want men, not always men. Women can do it too for sure. But like in my experience, it's men. Ooh. And can, like, I want to be clear about that when i say when i'm making that thing and saying like oh it's this now it's this now i mean i'm talking about in relation i mean not good but better it's, do you know what i mean yes, it's like a lot it's better. like it's like the 80s weren't good for gay people but they were better than the 70s Ooh. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. sure yeah, okay, yeah I, just wanted to make, I just want to make that clear yeah, because that would be fucked. If you're like, oh, no, things are, things are better. Yeah. Everything yeah. is all better. We need, we need to know no more progression is necessary. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, Tay. Yeah, there's a there's a thousand miles to go, but... Um, are you yeah. writing lyrics to a song? There's a thousand miles to go. Okay, definitely don't do that. <laughs> uh, is there... Okay, so this question... And maybe maybe there isn't space for this question. Maybe there is. But uh, we tend to ask this question to a lot of people near the end of the episode where uh, the fir- it's a two-parter. So the first one is, what has your experience with sexual assault taken away from you? I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, and I've thought about it a lot. And I... I don't have a good inspirational answer to give you for like that. Most people are like, "Oh, it's yeah." It like, doesn't I have to be inspirational. Get rid of it for the world. Yes, yeah. I fucking would. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, like I could say, it's giving me empathy or perspective or whatever. But it's, but oh, what it's taken away. Sorry. Um, it's taken away everything. Absolutely everything. And has given you nothing. It's given me nothing other yeah. than like hate for myself. Because I don't, and everyone always thinks that like, they always just say like, oh, you're so lucky you don't remember it. That's great. Like you don't have to, you don't have to relive that. You don't, because I have PTSD, but I don't have the flashbacks part of it. But what I do have is the other ones, like the hyper arousal and, and I know hate. Like I, Mm. and some, a lot of people like they think that they do and they don't. Mm -hmm. Like I know true evil and hate. And when you don't have someone to direct that at you do it to yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I'm trying to work through with like my mental health for sure is like with cognitive behavioral therapy is like teaching yourself not to think about those things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it hasn't, it took away everything and it happened at a time where most people are tr- figuring their lives out anyway, right? Like you're 18. Like I think like what was I like before, but I probably wouldn't have been that way anyway because I was in high school mm-hmm. and now I, I don't know who I am. Mm. at all and that's the thing with ptsd too like i can look in the mirror and i don't recognize myself and it's the weirdest feeling and like you can say like oh i don't know who i like i literally like look at the face and it is no one to me like it's not even a friendly face that i remember like sometimes i'll just be brushing my teeth and i'll look up and i'm like who the hell is that and like Mm. i have no recognition for that person and i lose hours of the day where they're just gone like I'll sit down to like relax and watch a TV show and then it's just seven hours later. So I'm really grateful that you didn't 
try to come up with any sort of inspirational sorry, answer I have to that. Nothing, mm-hmm. like... No, and don't apologize because that's that's the answer. Yeah, and it's and I think that that is that's important to hear because it's and it's something that will be with me forever. Like it's not something you can really get rid of. Like I'm working to get rid of a lot of the symptoms of PTSD and I. Um, and depression and hopefully the sleep paralysis because those are not fun things to live with. Um, but not the lucid dreaming. Keep the lucid, lucid dreaming. dreaming is good. I'll it's all good. That. Keep flying. I've had that since I was a kid. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But no, sleep – like I slept with a light on for three years. Like I couldn't mm. sleep in the dark. I couldn't – I had sleeping pills and that didn't go well. Like not – like it's it's been a rough six and a half years. It's been a slog, but has there been progress? Um, in, in some ways, yeah. Like I definitely can talk about it, obviously, more. Um, for a long time, I couldn't even say the word rape. I wouldn't come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like it would get caught in my throat and it wouldn't even come out. Like I couldn't, couldn't even say it. Um, and I tried to talk about it more because I want to normalize it, and that's – Another way, like exposure, is just to keep talking about it until it's so normal to you that it is boring, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just mm-hmm. a thing that happened to you, and it's, it's sad, and it's it's awful, but it you have to, at some point, well, try like, and like, move on. Yeah, it's like terminal death or, or terminal yeah. illness, you know? it's And that was another thing we didn't really get to, but like another symptom of PTSD is that I, I don't see myself having a future. Like I didn't think I would be 25. I just turned 25 last week, and I'm, it's shocking. Happy that birthday. I, thank you. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I, um, Congratulations. Made it this far. And not that I ever like, well, like, anyway, um, I didn't, after the first two years, probably didn't have plans to kill myself. Um, and not that I thought that like, oh, I'm going to kill myself at 21 or I'm going to kill, like, uh, even now, like, I can't see myself at 30. I don't know what that looks like. I have no plans. Mm-hmm. And so that isn't fun to the, try and like plan where you're going to be. I just keep going back to school. I'm on my third post-secondary now. I'm like, I might as well just keep going because I have no – people are like, what are you going to do after school? No idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do after next week. You'd be a professional academic. That's what I say. (laughs) You could be a professor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Lauren, I – again, I commend you for for coming in and having this conversation with us. Mm -hmm. Um, As – as scary as I, I, I mean, as scary as it was for me to have you come in and have this conversation, I cannot even fucking imagine how scary it would have been for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm super grateful that you are using this as a platform to like share your experience and, and potentially help somebody else who's going through something similar. Um, understanding that, um, with the understanding that obviously talking about something like this um, as soon as it happens is obviously incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, like, are, would you um, would you consider yourself an advocate in any way of 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 just like saying it, saying this happened, this I, ha- like in, in the way of in the way of making it in the way of making the public know that this is this is not something that happens every now and again. I definitely wouldn't suggest to people to like hold it in for sure cuz that does a lot more damage than good for absolutely, but like if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, find someone that you do feel comfortable talking about it with. Like it it helps to get it out and it is good to talk about, but like I'm not saying you got to go on a podcast and talk about right. it. Right, right, right. right. Um yeah, get out there and say something. Because Definitely don't hold it in and do what you can. Because our philosophy, and, and that's why I said that with that caveat of, you know, I know that it's difficult, um, especially soon after it happens because it's obviously super traumatic. Um, but what we're trying to do is, yeah, or our philosophy is that the more you talk about something, the more it becomes more uh, uh, comfortable, the more that it becomes uh, more accessible. Um, and the more attention you bring to something, the more that you can come around to finding solutions to, um, solve something if it's a problem or, um, or, 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 
or fix something a little easier if it's if it's if it's broken. Um, so, thank you, thank you guys for for coming in and talking to us, and thank you all so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week with another fascinating episode. I hope. I hope this isn't our last episode. How crazy would that Dude, be? I mean, like we're we're be. like at a hundred episodes or something like that. I don't even know how many we have up now, but well, that's it for Sick I mean, Boy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. I hope you all enjoyed Sick Boy. Don't tune uh, in next week. We've covered everything now. Um, <laughs> so this is it. We'll never be back again. But uh, that doesn't mean that we still don't want you to go to iTunes and review and rate and subscribe big time. If you haven't hit the subscribe button. Uh, what are you waiting for? Go on over there and subscribe. And if you don't use iTunes, just get iTunes anyway and subscribe anyway. It just helps us. That subscribe button actually makes quite a huge difference. And Um, like if you have like an email list or anything or your contacts, you can take a link for (laughs) iTunes and you can spam mail everyone that's in your contact list. Do you want a business, a small business? Do you have an email list of over 10,000 people? Definitely put in your newsletter for your business that you listen to Sick Boy Podcast and include the link to our show. And also, I didn't even pass this by Taylor and Jeremy, but just for this limited time only right now, if you click on subscribe and email us a screenshot of your subscribed iTunes, then uh, we will email you back Jeremy's butt pic. A, a, a picture of Jeremy's butt. Uh, Info at sickboypodcast.com. That, sure. Good. Let's go for it. I love people looking at my tiny, it's so f- small, flimsy little butt. So oh, small. Fuck. I got to do some squats. Uh, okay. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, uh, that is oh, all yeah. for today. Yeah, we, <laughs> dang, I was like, we haven't done this forever. How do we fucking we sign off? It, we haven't done it for so long. Uh, that is all for this week. Is that how? Is that what it is? Yeah, that yeah. is all for this week. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's all for this week. That's all for today. Okay, I'm that's Brian. it for today. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. Jesus. I'm Jeremy. This is a sick boy. <laughs>